0: Hello friends, I'm your host, Chris Thrull. I'm a former Royal Marines Commando. I've adventured, for better and sometimes worse, across 80 countries on all seven continents. Welcome to the Bought the T-Shirt Podcast. And how are you, brother? Oh, Chris, how, how are you? Thanks for having us on again, mate. Hey, mate, I'll tell you what, my life seems uh, pretty low-key compared to yours.
1: <laughs> yeah, I've had a colourful life, and it's getting even more in, in interesting, I think.
0: Yeah, so tell us, I mean, the last time we spoke to you, you'd been um, held hostage by the Taliban in solitary confinement for God knows how long, was it best part of a year? What's the latest developments, mate?
1: I thought thought your viewers would be very interesting to actually learn that now there is an official Metropolitan place SO-15 war crimes investigation into the Taliban for crimes against humanity and war crimes and torture as as well. Mm -hmm. Um, The investigation has been given an official crime number now. And SO15 and the Met are working very closely with the British FCDO, British Foreign Office, and the Foreign Office and myself are working very closely with, obviously, SO15. I think it's important to highlight, highlight this now because after the panorama um Haskell about them saying there was like war crimes against our British Special Forces, Um, That did not trip well with a lot of veterans and a lot of people who were serving. That BBC Panorama special was not based on fact or evidence. It was, most of it was just PSA. Difference is, with the Metropolitan Police SO-15 war crimes investigation, it is based on hard evidence, on fact, on witness statements who were there, and video evidence and photographs so it will be obviously the objective is to, is to hold a particular member of the taliban to account who ill-treated beated and tortured british nationals other westerners and june nationals afghan and um, british Jung nationals so that is what the investigation is about now. A lot of people won't realise that the war crimes unit is part of the Metropolitan Police SO fifteen, which is the Counter Terrorism Command. So that will surprise quite a few of your of your of your viewers. The war crimes unit they basically focus on four elements, which is war crimes crimes against humanity genocide and torture so that is what their mandate is obviously there's there's other things that will come into play on on that as well the war crimes team is part of the uk war crimes network comprising of key or number of key elements and bodies including fcdo british foreign office the CPS, Crown Prosecution Service, and other NGOs and government agencies. So th- this is actually quite a big sort of element to everything that is happening. The crimes against humanity. What they, what the Med- well, what the Met- Metropolitan Police, what the War Crimes Unit are looking for is murder. Extermination, enslavement, deportation, or persecution on political, racial or religious grounds. So that covers quite a lot. That's just the crimes against humanity. The torture element, which is very very relevant now to the British hostages that were held by the Taliban for 190 days in an underground interrogation center. The torture, it is an offense for a Taliban official or person acting in official capacity to intentionally inflict severe pain or suffering on another in performance of their official duties. So being interrogated or questioned When it goes over the line into physical abuse, ill-treatment and torture, that is when it's actually classed as an official act of torture. Now, everything I have just said there can be checked on the Metropolitan Police's website, SO15, War Crimes Unit. So I've quoted some of what is actually on their official website as well. So if anyone's interested, you can have a look on that. I've decided to go public with this investigation for one objective or one objective alone. It is to draw light on what has actually happened in Afghanistan. And there is an element within the Taliban. Obviously, the Taliban is an umbrella organization with a lot of tribal elements and people who fall under that. The person in question has been ill-treating, beaten and torturing, not just British nationals, other Western nationals and a very large number of afghan british dual nationals. So this is a very dangerous individual. There is over 700 British national passport holders in Afghanistan that are stuck there at the moment. There is also hundreds of NGOs operating there. And this gentleman in question, and I will name him Ahmed Zaire, Taliban. He is trawling and searching through social media networks to identify former British and American service personnel who were working for ngos in afghanistan now he's not just targeting people who had served in afghanistan if a british serviceman or women had also served in iraq that is one of the red flags that we actually would notice he is going after them as well so this is obviously now a warning to the service or former service community and veterans you need to be very careful specifically in afghanistan no no one else will tell what i've just what i've just said there it is common knowledge between the five or six british nationals held hostage and one american was also held hostage he was also went through a hard time he was also beaten and tortured well i'm not going to give any Hangs on that. It's up to that individual who is obviously working with the investigation. It was myself who initiated the war crimes investigation with SO15 with the full backing, recommendation, and support by the British Foreign Office. So, someone needed to initiate it and it, someone needed to be able to speak out about this objective to help protect the people who were still over
0: there the whole situation is just incredible beyond the extreme um how how many people do you think in afghanistan now are being subject to you know any any form of terror you know held held hostage etc cetera, etc cetera. and i'm obviously thinking about the people like the interpreters that that helped the british forces or or you know they worked alongside the British forces we're talking probably a lot a a lot of people um, uh, correct correct me if I'm wrong right this
1: is my personal opinion and I don't go on
0: what I write I go on what I
1: witness what I see and what I can confirm myself with fact-based evidence
0: Mm.
1: as in videos and photographs that are also confirmed by three Independence sources they are hundreds not tens hundreds of people who are being ill-treated tortured or and executed or murdered extrajudicial killings over there now are quite a common affair whether or not that is sanctioned by the taliban government on a whole Or just elements within that. It's up to an official investigation Mm. to find out which one that actually is. But the Taliban government has got to take responsibility for the people who work for them and their commanders who work under them. Women's rights in Afghanistan, they are being walked all over, okay? the women in afghanistan some of them were interpreters i actually know some of the female interpreters that worked for western government departments they are stuck in afghanistan and they are in hiding now we understand that the focus on is on the U- ukraine at, at the moment but within the next 6 weeks the winter is going to hit in that part of the world and everything is going to slow down dramatically, then the focus could very well shift back onto Afghanistan. It is now confirmed publicly that extremist groups, for instance, like Al Qaeda and 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 ISIS, including ISIS K are operating freely in Afghanistan. So this now isn't just the Taliban element going after these people you've got multiple organizations. Whether they are working hand in hand, sharing intelligence, information, we don't know. But it is not a black and white situation over there. People are being extrajudicially killed on a daily basis. I have personally seen and I have videos of people being dragged out of vehicles and executed on the side of the road for purely being from a tribe or a particular tribe that was helping the west overthrow the taliban and obviously going back to women's rights now obviously there is some severe issues there that the taliban have got to address on it i understand the political situation Um, I understand why Western governments don't want to acknowledge, or even in some cases don't even want to speak to the Taliban officially, but a dialogue needs to be opened up because otherwise, other Western hostages will be taken in large numbers and held for political gain. When we got got pulled, we were held as hostages. We were never charged with any offence. We didn't do anything wrong. And it took a lot of very good negotiations. Once people realised who the right people were to speak to on all sides, the like to give a big shout out to the British Foreign Office, head of the Afghan desk, and his team. they done incredible work. If it wasn't for them intervention and their negotiating skills, especially the head of the Afghan desk, chances are we would not have come out of Afghanistan or some of us would not have come out there alive anyway. Several other countries helped intervene and throw their support behind our British Foreign Office. The American president issued a statement from the White House, ordering the Taliban to release the American national and the British nationals. So I'd like to thank him for that as well. Not gonna say whether people like, The American president, I'm not here to discuss that, he done the right thing. He officially threw his weight and his presidential position behind the foreign office efforts to get obviously the British nationals out. The war crimes investigation is a big deal. People have got to be held accountable. Kidnapping and obviously ill, ill, ill treatment of a British national in Afghanistan is not acceptable. We saw the the damage and the blowback, the Panorama programme did, of the allegation against our British special forces committing war crimes. I can speak on behalf of a lot of people who I know who were veterans. That was absolute nonsense. Should never have been aired. Okay. Difference is that didn't have anything behind it. This investigation does. So I just wanted to go public and make people aware of this. And a lot of people thought that the British establishment wasn't going to do anything about this. They actually are. It will take time. It will take a lot of due diligence, and there's a lot of legwork to be done. But it is a fact-based, evidence-based investigation, which is ongoing. And myself and other, other veterans and the other hostages, obviously uh we are working with very closely with itself 15 what unit and obviously the foreign office to address this situation
0: hmm. and and can you just i'm thinking about our friends at home now can, can you give a bit of background about yourself and how you got involved i mean you've you've had a massive experience um i'm going to say behind the lines um you've recently been held for months in a dark room by the ta- can you just I- I expand upon that for our for our friends at home so they so they know who 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 i'm talking to
1: right uh, my full name is anthony stephen malone i am a veteran of the british parachute regiment i joined the regiment when i was 17. i served in fourth battalion the parachute regiment about three and a half years. Then I served in 3rd Battalion, the regulars, again, for about three and a half years. I am a proud military veteran and I do a lot of work with homeless military veterans, both in the United Kingdom and in America. I have a very close relationship with our American Brothers in Arms because I was an embedded combat photographer for 101st Airborne Division in Iraq. I then became very close to and worked with and for American intelligence across the whole of the the Middle East, including Syria and Iraq. I also worked for them in Afghanistan. I retired from all of this about 10 years ago, 12 years ago, something something like like that. Mm -hmm. Just wanted a clean, great, clean start, not involved in military intelligence or anything like that. But then, like many veterans out there, we saw the events unfolding in Afghanistan with the Taliban takeover and the evacuation. I will condense this now. Mm. I started to help by remote control move senior military officers and intelligence assets out of Afghanistan before the fall of Kabul. I was responsible for moving brigadier generals, lieutenant colonels and senior officers of Afghan intelligence over multiple borders to get them safe out of Afghanistan. It turned out it was a very, the numbers were going up considerably of people who needed help. I received a satellite telephone call from multiple people I knew on the ground who were used to work for the Afghan regime. These people I knew and I knew their children and their families, they asked for my help and assistance. I then, with a colleague, got onto an aircraft. We flew out to Uzbekistan, travelled overland over 12 hours. Everyone who's done it will know that. Overland through the all the Taliban checkpoints, all the way down into Afghanistan, Kabul. There we spent three months moving vulnerable families and their children and key people, through Taliban checkpoints to safe houses, and we ena- we enable them to get out of the country. We saved, conservatively, well over 400 families, individuals, vulnerable children. After the three months point, I was taken hostage by the Taliban, or an element within the mm. Taliban. I was kept at the NDS headquarters in Kabul for 190 days in an underground Taliban interrogation centre. 72 days of this i spent in solitary confinement during that time i was badly ill-treated and tortured by a member of the taliban hence why the investig the investigation now because i don't want to see any other british nationals going through that so i'm using my experience and what i went through and the other hostages to try and help other people and british nationals and Afghan British German nationals over there because it should not be right that people can just be picked up the street and badly either executed, tortured or ill treatment. That's the objective of, of me speaking out now about this.
0: Yes. I just, um, and before we go any further, just uh, like um, serious massive shout out to our parachute regiment brothers. Um, incredible i've had the pleasure of being um friends with you and 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 your airborne brothers and and it's it's really meant a lot to me um just good human beings you know good good human beings do you think the taliban care about like whether the british government is going to do an investigation or not
1: i think this is a, uh, that uh, that is a very good question chris part of the taliban the extremist element with the taliban obviously not they will not care anything they do not like anything in the west end of okay but there is some moderate elements within the taliban and the Yakani network who know perception and optics is everything they need to move from being an insurgency into a functioning government that take care of their own people. At the moment, they haven't got that. The Afghan economy is in turmoil. It's in free fall. The prices of things in Afghanistan, the basic foods are that expensive. Your normal Afghan now can't afford them. So they have a major problem now. The extremist element of the Taliban don't want anything from the the West, but they complain about not getting aid from the West. So double standards there. They expect our aid. They should also follow our rules and laws as well. Not obviously laws, as in legal laws, but they have got to at least treat our nationals with respect Out that. They can't take our food, then treat our nationals very b- badly. The moderate element within the Taliban and the Ukrainian network understand this. They understand that they will never be recognized as long as they are taking hostages and use them for political gain. Now, I've been on and off in Afghanistan for uh, 22 years. My colleague has got over 45 years' experience I was with through all of this. So me and my colleague have over 60 years' experience in dealing with Afghan government, Afghan culture, and we lived with them, not in an FOB or a military base. We spend money all of our time living with the people amongst them, so we understand what is going on over there at the mm-hmm. moment. There is a massive problem with women's rights, girls' mm. rights in, in Afghanistan. A lot of young girls have been quickly married off within the uh, either their families or within close families because they didn't want these young girls, some as, as young as 10, being forced to marry members of the t- Taliban. All right? So you could see over the past year, there has been a surge in weddings to stop that happening. Um, That fact alone is just wrong. It speaks volumes. But I am pro-Afghanistan for the people of Afghanistan, obviously not pro-Taliban. But I'm also experienced enough to know we need an Afghan solution to an Afghan problem. The West cannot get involved again in Afghanistan. We do not want to see boots on the ground there. Our military, we don't want that. We have all lost colleagues and friends in the Middle East and Afghanistan. Mm. Too many British soldiers gave them life to see Afghanistan turn into what it is now. Okay? And that's my opinion. People might not agree with that. And I will stand by that opinion as well. What was it for? You look at Afghanistan right now. What have we actually achieved in over 20 years of being there? Al-Qaeda are back in Afghanistan. People are being kidnapped, executed in Afghanistan. Okay? There's no real rule of law in Afghanistan. Women's rights has been knocked back to the Dark Age now in Afghanistan. So my question to the politicians is, why? What did we achieve? But no point in crying over spilt milk it's happened how do we move forward the government advisors need to sit down with people who have actually been in afghanistan and they know what's going on there not people who used to live there 10 years ago all right they need to get people who are actually there now or people who have recently been there because government policy needs to be shaped on hard facts of what is going on there not hearsay or a person's opinion because a person can have a political agenda or their own agenda that shouldn't come into it moving forward the investigation into the war crimes will take time they might even be an opportunity for the british the government metropolitan place to work with a moderate element within the taliban to address this it's not beyond the realms of possibility mm. the taliban have admitted to me that they do have internal issues controlling certain individuals now these individuals and one particular amazaya needs to be removed off the chessboard and he should not be holding a position of power or influence within the Taliban. He should certainly not be the interrogator of any Western prisoners. There's also been other Western journalists that have been held. He was responsible for giving them a hard time. So this isn't just a one-off, there is a pattern forming here. Because Ahmed Zaire had a running with British troops in Southern Afghanistan, He has got a personal vendetta against anything that is British as well. So that needs to be taken into account. Anyone with a personal vendetta should not be in a position of power or have anything to do with British nationals or dual Afghan-British nationals in Afghanistan. So I call on the Taliban. They could actually help resolve this quickly. Is it going to make them look bad? They're already looking bad anyway. But they could help actually keep safe the 700 British passport holders that are in Afghanistan now. Mm. They're the ones who want to get out, Dual nationals. But they will be, not if, when, other British nationals are taken hostage for political gain. They should be treated better, with respect, not kept in the Taliban underground interrogation center for hundred and ninety d- days, that was unacceptable and beating to torturing or threatening to execute uh, British nationals is not the way to go forward if the Taliban expect other Western countries to recognize them or open up even some kind of a d- dialogue. So the investigation could actually be the start of something that could be good for the people of Afghanistan. Whether or not anything will come of that, we don't know. But I thought it was about time that we went public with this investigation. Now as well, obviously, the timing of this, by the time people see this, there should have been a exclusive in the Sunday Express, big exclusive on everything I've just talking about it's taken a long time to get that get that feature all every box is ticked on it and it is watertight as 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 well obviously so everyone can understand why i want to go public with this now because it it shines a light on it and so 15 metropolitan police war investigations in the taliban that should be everywhere people need to know we are doing something About this, and we are protecting, or the government is protecting, through the Metropolitan Police and other agencies, British nationals who were overseas. It's complicated; always is when it comes to Afghanistan. Anything to do with it, in country, out country, or connected, is always very complex Mm, and mm, 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 multi The people in in Afghanistan, there is a very large number of individuals who want to leave Afghanistan now. The problem isn't just leaving Afghanistan. It is where are they going to go? Where are they going to get put? They need a, a visa to come into the United Kingdom. They need a visa to go into America. At the, at, at this moment in time, there is in excess of 150,000 vetted, qualified individuals who could get a visa into the United States. States. That's conservatively. You can most probably add another hundred and hundred thousand onto that. That's a hundred and fifty thousand vetted people who are eligible. That's just America. Okay? You have all the people who are eligible from the British side of things. Now this is where it gets complicated because these individuals are not just individuals. They want to come with the families, which is understandable. So they want to bring the wives and their children. Now, an average Afghan family is not like we have sometimes in England two adults, 2.1 kids, you know what I mean Afghan families are normally 15 people or more. So suddenly you've got, say, 10, 10 qualified individuals who want to come to the united kingdom who used to be interpreters those people suddenly that number has went up exponentially now if you look at a hundred people wanting to come to england those are a hundred families these are small numbers to start with but once you escalate that to a thousand people that's in excess of 15,000 instantly. So it's a very complicated matter. Some of these people do not want to leave their, their their like their wives or their children. They might have a British passport, and I've witnessed this, but their wives do not. Now, if they leave the country, these elements within the G- GDI or old NDS of the Taliban. They go after the families. I have personally seen families t- targeted and family members imprisoned and tortured because their husbands have left Afghanistan. Mm. The Taliban, if they can't get one, they'll take the family. I've actually met the brother of one of the interpreters who is still in prison in Afghanistan by the Taliban. And his brother won't come, won't go back to Afghanistan. And they will only release this guy who who hasn't done anything wrong. He's just the, the, the younger brother of a former British interpreter. The Taliban have got him, they have tortured him, beat him severely. And they will not release him until his brother returns to Afghanistan. And you can imagine the pressure that that's putting on that family. That is one case. I went in with my colleague to Jalalabad to meet four individuals who held British passports, just one meeting. We walked out that meeting, 74 British nationals. Each one of them has got a family that's just in one part of Afghanistan. Now, if if you look at Kabul, the city of over two million individuals, the numbers are exponential. Who want to leave Afghanistan? This I'm I'm going to address something here as well. This amnesty by the Taliban, it's not it's not an amnesty. All right, the amnesty does not exist. Okay, I know individuals that have tried to get out through the airport who were arrested, imprisoned. Beaten and tortured after they were told and sent messages by the Taliban that they were free to leave. The amnesty is a myth. Okay? Mm. It's not good. All right? There's either an amnesty or there's not. All right? And my advice to everyone who we got a lot of people out of Afghanistan, but there's still a lot of people there who we are helping. All right? So, Western countries have now got to think. How can we best help these individuals? Like a lot of them, former interpreters of the British, British military and the American military as well. A lot of these people are still in, in Afghanistan. The Afghan commandos, they are being targeted by elements within the Taliban. They are being systematically killed, executed. Okay? Now, there is... There is incident, though. There's been incidents where, not not in 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 Kabul, in years of the country, uh, 25 Afghan commandos were huddled together, and they were opened up on by the Taliban with large belt-fed automatic weapons. Executed them all. That is a war crime. Okay, so that could very well be part of, and should be part of the so 15 war crimes unit investigation so we're using our contacts on the ground to make sure the evidence does not disappear people have to be held accountable now people might be a bit sh- sh- shocked about what i've just said there what i'm saying is watch the investigation mm. okay we will hold people accountable i'm a british national i am a veteran i am not a part of the british establishment or the government so i can't make any decisions about any of this all i can do is put the information and evidence in front of the walkham's investigation it's up to them then to go after it mm. um but it, it does make it's um the fact of there is an investigation you now, an official one there is a crime number so evidence is getting gathered, put together to put in front of the Crown Prosecution Service. People are going to be thinking like your question before I started to speak was: Do the Taliban care about any of 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 of, of this? Some of them don't. Some of them do. But some of these individuals are travelling freely outside of Afghanistan. Ahmed zaire he travelled to France, Sweden, Germany. Turkey, okay, he's traveling, okay. So, a guy who is torturing and killing all right? a lot of people, all right. He tortured and ill treated British nationals, all right? There's no reason why he shouldn't be held accountable because he's not hiding. So, it'll be very interesting to see how the investigation proceeds now
0: and how how did this investigation kick off did you you know were you uh, instrumental in this or uh, i mean you you think they'd be an investigation full stop but it, it 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 seems a bit slow off the mark doesn't it
1: it's it wasn't slow off the mark it just had to be thoroughly checked out mm. fact based Evidence-led investigation. It was actually myself who originally initiated it. I initiated the investigation with the full backing and support of the British Foreign Office and the Afghan mm-hmm. did- desk as well. They knew how we, how important this was to be to hopefully be led into an investigation, which it now has as well. The British Foreign Office have handed over evidence to the Metropolitan Police, so 15 walkham unit, and the investigation is going ahead now. They obviously have a lot more evidence, witness statements to take now because this is expanding, given the fact there was a lot more hostages and there was an American hostage held there who was also ill-treated and tortured as well. So this will most probably end up being a full-on, this is my opinion, it could well end up being a full-on international war crimes investigation into the Taliban and this individual as well, which I think it needs to be done as well. People need to be held accountable.
0: Yes, exactly. And I'm a bit concerned, though, because like, a crime number just means that a crime has been reported to the police. You know, if, if me and you, we lost our, I don't know, our friggin' pencil case tomorrow. We go to the police station, report it, they give you a crime number. Um how how do we know that they're actually going to investigate?
1: They are talking to a lot of in individuals here as 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 well. Obviously elements about the investigation I can't speak about and it wouldn't be right for me to speak about that. That will have to be the Metropolitan police if they decide to officially release a statement in the future. Mm. They are collecting all the evidence in because, yes, some of the British British nationals and the American national were badly ill-treated and tortured, but there's a bigger thing in play here, which is the overall war crimes, Mm. genocide. When you huggle 25 prisoners together and execute them, That's genocide, as in, they're doing it multiple times. So these, these things that have happened need to be properly investigated. And me speaking out, and I've already been told by official sources, me coming forward and initiating the investigation has given other men and women the courage to come forward and give evidence, hand over video footage, hand over photographs. Give official statements. It's important. Mm. So, people, everyone who can make a difference, they've got the opportunity to make a difference on it. So, anyone who's watching this, whether you're English or overseas from another country, Western country, you have any evidence, contact the Metropolitan Police, SO15, War Crimes Unit, get the evidence to them. They're on the internet and there's actually a form you can fill out and you can send a statement through and documents or evidence so I would recommend anyone who has got anything stand up be counted get the evidence in because we have an opportunity here to hold people to account which will save lives in the future which is the objective Mm. okay I thought long and hard if I wanted to be involved in any of this, because I was out and concerned, drawing a line under it, getting on. It didn't fit, fit well, like the evacuation didn't fit well with a lot of veterans out there who were not happy in us just leaving Afghanistan, leaving a lot of people out there. A lot of veterans went out there and done some incredible work to keep people safe. I feel as passionate about having to speak out about this because the sheer misery i saw in that underground taliban interrogation center was phenomenal okay and people can either cower in the corner and cry or you roll up your sleeves you crack on and you do what needs to be done to protect other people in the future well, I'm not the kind of guy who's ever going to like cower in the corner. I don't back down ever on 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 anything. Mm. And this needs to be done. The fact of the British Foreign Office are working very, very closely with this as well. The British Foreign Office are officially, or have already officially, raised this subject with the Taliban. There's evidence there. Too many people saw everything that happened, right? And the Taliban also made a, a made a mistake. This Ahmed Zaire, they videoed and photographed the beatings and torture of a British national. Huge mistake. That's evidence of war crimes. End of, right? And a was lot of was
0: that people- was that recently? Or, or
1: that was recently. That was me when I was being tortured. They videoed it. Huge mistake. Mm. Okay, that is not acceptable. So, people have got to be held to account. I I survived that. We all got home safe after incredible work by several different countries to secure our release and get us back. So, all of us are home. All of us are safe. My concern is the ones who are not. Okay. There's a lot of British nationals out there and the Taliban government have got to take responsibility for what they've done. The Interior Minister of Afghanistan says to Haqani, he has got to take responsibility because he is responsible for what Afghan intelligence do in those buildings so he can intervene with this. And make sure that british nationals and western nationals if they are pulled at any point proper investigation is done and they are not held for political gain as hostages that is unacceptable so i'm calling on the afghan interior minister to intervene on this investigate it let mm. the counts fall as they will and they already know what Ahmed meds has done so if people get around the t- table it can protect other british nationals and westerners the alternative is we just walk away don't talk about any of this and we sweep it under the carpet for me that is not an option i'm not going to be sat here in a year's time and find out another 10 british nationals have been badly beaten and tortured or even killed by Ahmed Zaim here. Mm. That's not happening. So I'm highlighting this particular guy because we owe our British nationals overseas a duty of care.
0: Who is the Taliban held accountable to? Or the Afghan government?
1: i don't think i don't think any of it is overcountable. so like i said the taliban isn't a cohesive government it's an umbrella organizations within the taliban you've got hundreds of tribal elements and you've got the Akani network within that fall under the can,
0: taliban i know i asked you this last time for our friends at home who, who won't be familiar with such terms what can you explain the the Akhani? um Network. Yeah,
1: the, the Hakani network are predominantly based in the east of Afghanistan. The Hakani's are a very old family that have been involved with insurgency against the Russians. The jihad for generations. Originally, um, Hakani's senior who who died was actually funded and trained. By the central intelligence agency they are designated within the attorneys to have international terrorists there that's public knowledge isn't just me who's going to say that so there is an fbi bounty still on certain members of the Akani family i have met the akanis a lot of them okay saladin abraham i've, I've met a lot of them okay over the past 15 years, I was able to have conversations with some of these individuals. They all speak English. Sir Haqqani has just done an interview on CNN and he wrote an article. He wrote an article for the New York Times. So this is an educated guy. The Harkani's are educated. Their women are educated. That's an important point there as well. The Haqqanis are like the military strong muscle behind the Taliban. It wasn't for the Haqqani network. The Taliban would never have taken back Afghanistan and they would never have taken back Kabul because the Bab Force one to 2 are all Haqqani, as in trained by them that come from the east. Now, this is where this gets very interesting. Your viewers might not know this. The Pakistan ISI, Support the Akani network. They help train and basically finance the Akani network and the Babs' forces. So when these troops took all the major cities in Afghanistan, including Kabul, Jalalabad, it was the Akani's Bab forces who took them. The Akani's fighting men have, are the ones who have the most. Influence over key areas in the north and specifically the east of the country, as 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 well. On that, the Uyghurs fall under the umbrella, which is the Taliban organization. Okay, so it'll be interesting to see what happens now over the next six months to a year, because there is a lot of infighting going on between senior members of the Taliban and senior members of the hukani and they are not always getting on well but like everything in afghanistan it's complex and it's complicated Mm. so and the hukani if you type the name into the internet there's a lot of information out there there's also a lot of misinformation so you've always got to remember what you read on the internet have a good search look at good textbooks as, as as well don't take it anything you read on the internet don't take it that it's accurate if you go to a proper g- journal or a history book that is written by a credible source then you can get a good o- overview mm. on not just afghanistan on the akhanis and the taliban and the history of both of these um I would say organizations
0: and can you uh, again for our friends at home can you elucidate a bit on being held captive and and you know being being well I I don't even like to say the word but 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 tortured uh, I'll give you a brief
1: overview of that um there was particularly two harsh times where I was I was interrogated and tortured. One of those times, five Taliban came into my cell. I was obviously kept in a separate cell at this point. My arms were tied behind me in a stress position. I was pinned down to the actual floor. Ice cold water was poured over my head and I was hit between my shoulder blades and back of my head with a piece of wood. Which I, was, I would describe as a wooden slap. Obviously, manhandled and slapped in here as well. They wanted information out me at that point, and I basically said, no, it, it is not happening. Uh, that was one of those occasions. The second main occasion where I was taken up upstairs, again, pinned down to the floor by five or six Taliban, handcuffed. My arms were handcuffed to the, um, the the front of me. My legs were tied together, still being pinned down by, obviously, a lot of a lot of the Taliban. Shoes and socks were removed. and uh, The balls of my feet were whipped with a hardened rubber cause. Um, stopped counting after I was hit about 24 times on that one. That ended up with nerve damage down the right side of my body. While that was happening, one of the Taliban who had a heavy pair of army boots on proceeded to kick me repeatedly in the side of my ribs, which ended up with me having six fractured ribs, a kidney infection and bruised kidneys. And I picked up a lot of other um, injuries on that as well as my teeth, uh, my eyesight and my hearing. Because I didn't want to cry out or give them the satisfaction of um, hearing me in pain I bit down on my teeth in doing so I actually managed to damage my bottom teeth as well so I wasn't going to give them the satisfaction of any of it um, yeah so that's, that's basically what happened to myself I took the, the brunt of that because I wasn't going to play ball for want of a better word on it that was a decision that I actually made because uh, I don't betray my friends or my country. Ain't going to happen. Mm. Uh, at one point, I was actually offered a deal. If I'd signed a confession or gave a statement against my colleague, who was also a British national, I was told i will be taken straight to the airport and put on an actual plane. That was a real offer because it was a very senior member of the Taliban who came to see me in the early hours of the morning. He took me upstairs to an office, gave me chai, he offered me a kebab, offered me some food. Obviously I turned all the food down and I just drank a little bit of chai, it's tea, and I told him my words were, what sort of a man would I be if I betrayed my friend? It ain't happening. So I said, thank you for the offer, but no, mm. isn't gonna happen. He already knew that. He knew I was gonna say no anyway. Well, he said, "We've already been told you are a man of of honor, and you will not betray your friends and your country." We knew it, but we just had to ask. I said, "Yeah, that's not a problem." Interesting thing happened after all the torture, though. After the threat to like hang me and execute me and all that, the day I actually left, I got my watch back, my sterling watch. They gave me back my passport, my driver license, wallet with money in it, my cards and an original document from the Minister of Commerce that said I had permission to be in Afghanistan. I was the only British hostage to receive anything back. The reason why the Taliban gave me that back, and they said this in front of the other hostages, was respect respect from one soldier to another Mm. i didn't break they threw everything but the kitchen sink at me it 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 didn't it it didn't happen they respected that um a couple of the other obviously british hostages didn't fare as as well didn't deal with it from a mental point of view as well as what they could have but it's one of those things everyone reacts to a high stress high pressure situation in a different kind of a way anyway um me i'm not going to be the guy who's going to curl up in the corner and cry ain't gonna happen all right um so the taliban knew that and at the end when i went to the airport they were respectful of
0: of that as well did you lean on your your parachute regiment values i would say yeah
1: Absolutely on that one. um I didn't actually serve in the parachute regiment for that long. I think I was in uniform with four and three power for about seven years in total. But I come from I'm a fifth generation soldier, so with me, service to our country isn't just a job; it's a responsibility.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And I've got a bit of an, I've got a bit of of an attitude. I think every member of airborne forces has because you don't jump out of a perfectly serviceable aircraft unless you're kind of geared to be yeah, like powers, we are arrogant because we have to be. We have to believe we are the best because of the situations that we get into. I think Regimental Sergeant Major 3 when they were down in Helmand summed it up best. Powertroopers are meant to be surrounded by the enemy. That's when we come into our best. Being surrounded by our members of the Taliban when I was in Afghanistan was an emotional experience. It was a challenging one, but I will not let that define who I am. It's just one of those things. It's happened. Where some people will curl up and cry in the corner that the bad men are coming for them. It happens. Some people are not built the same as us. Veterans, and I've met a lot of veterans, and you have, Chris, as well. We're a very unique breed, and we have a sense of humor that civilians do not get give you an example the taliban came into the cell we nicknamed him dr death and said i will hang you all or you're looking at 40 years in prison but i want to hang you all. i made a bit of a joke about that the next day being obviously a vet with a dark sense of humor and they were building a summer house or fixing an old wooden summer house out outside above and you could hear all this soaring that was going on and i turned around to one of the uh, other hostages who was going through an our time i thought this might cheer him up a little bit i said have you heard all that he went and i said the building the g- gallows mate <laughs> i mean and i said afterwards i quoted Adder, said uh pass me the black cap i do like a fair to try him. well some of us thought that was quite quite amusing this particular individual there wasn't a vet didn't get it mate at all um Kleenex shares went up that particular <laughs> depth. so I didn't say anything else to this particular individual mate because he just couldn't couldn't handle it but we we took care of him we we made sure he was all right but it's like you said mate sometimes you've just got to get on with it positive mindset positive attitude never give up ever and i told all the boys in there as well who i was with how you act right now will define you because it will be remembered so in six months time a year's time 10 years time when you get released how you act in here everyone's going to know about it i was quite amazed that members of the foreign office came up when we'd done our debrief and they said, we were getting reports back that Ahmed Zaire was giving you a hard time, a lot of crap. But the phone office said, we took great, I think there was uh, pleasure in knowing that you were giving him as much crap and he was needling you and you were needling him as well. He said, that meant your spirits were high. And we knew if you were all right, everyone else was going to be all right because you would make sure that everyone was taken care of when this guy used to come in our cell to upset us all and wind us up first thing i said to him was how is your health how are you you put a bit of weight on there mate you know you want to get to the gym i mean you don't want to work all the time you've got the give them attitude and he used i think one of my interrogations lasted the quickest anyone's ever heard of less than 30 seconds because I walked into this interrogation room and I was cat full I was having a bad day in there I was not an happy little teddy bear and he said to me are you going to talk to me and I stood up over him and said no I'm not at all I'm having a bad one this is not a good afternoon for me and he went right taking back to his cell he wouldn't speak to me anymore because he knew he wasn't going to get anything else out of us. So I think it's all, about, it's all about your attitude, positive mindset, and you just have to get on with it. We all have bad days out here. If any veterans are out there and you're having a bad day, mm. the sun will rise and shine in the morning. All right? Get yourself out. Go for a walk. We all have our bad days. I do. And yourself, Chris, as well. It's, it's, it's important, isn't it?
0: you're massively mate massively But um to anybody listening or or uh, our brothers and sisters in the military community i extend that to everybody out there that might be listening now we're, we're a big family you know don't struggle alone if you're struggling it's just that you haven't yet got to the point where you realize you're massively loved you know you are massively loved by all of us. You know, don't, don't, we're all affected, aren't we, by negative influences because we think it's like, oh my God, this person, no, 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 no. you got to, you've got to put that to one side and realize that the true people in this world, they, they, like I say, you know, we massively love you and, and, and you're fine. You're great as you are challenges yeah we've i've got challenges today <laughs> you know i've got challenges today I, I've, I've had them yesterday um it doesn't define us what defines us is is keep soldiering on a <laughs> bit of a cliche there isn't it <laughs> soldier yeah <laughs> soldiering on but you know you know and, and and don't forget that when you're at your lowest low we fucking love you you know forget about all the other bullshit whatever it is on your plate it doesn't matter don't matter what car you drive don't matter what job you that is irrelevant the fact is every day we wake up it's a fact we are legend it's that simple we are legends right it's up to you whether you choose to embrace that and it's a very simple decision I, I I just go yeah I'm a fucking legend <laughs> it's great <laughs> it means you know and and boom 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 but if you are struggling folks like like reach out please you know just chat to somebody like me and Ant you know I, I don't know Aunt. you know sometimes I worry about telling people to reach out because the person they reach out to might not be that enlightened <laughs>
1: i think it's um, important yeah i I don't think i think anyone who wants to go and talk to a friend or if you if you're at home having a bad day get on the internet pick up the phone speak to one of your mm -hmm. buddies you serve with or a friend and have a chat because you'll be amazed just because you're having a bad day they might be having a bad day Mm -hmm. and both of you getting together and having a chat and having a brew put the world to rights put out your opinion give everything have a chat You'll feel a lot better for that. I've had it. I've I've had it a lot. I've had a lot of guys who ring me in early hours in the morning after a couple of beers, and it drives me fiance mad because I always take the call, <laughs> right? And sometimes a quick conversation can last like two hours, All right. But then I get a message the next day saying, "Thank you for that, mate." Couple of beers last night. Emotions got a bit It doesn't matter. Phone's always on. I mean, and being able to speak to someone on the end of the phone, it it can it can make a big difference. So any any vivets out there from any of the services, if you're having a bad day, it's a bad day. One day. Crack on, speak to some of your mates, have a chuckle. Because I guarantee you, other people out there are having an even worse day as well. All right. And if you all get together and have a chat and all that. Actually helps. So I always tell everyone I know: get your trainers on, get your boots on, get yourself out, out for a walk in a park, or go for go for a swim. Fitness wins makes you feel better about yourself, gives you a better perspective on life as well, and hell If I can survive everything I've been through, other people can survive it as well. It's all about positive mindset, positive attitude. Get out there make a difference if you haven't got anything good good to say don't say it keep it positive if you're seeing negativity mm. it will come back on you it's called karma, and it happens a lot keep it positive keep it upbeat mm. and chris it's been emotional i hope everyone's found this educational enlightening and informative if anyone, I'm going to have a quick plug on this one. That's my right. new book on a bound, part three. It's a trilogy. Part three is hostage evacuation. If you type my name into Amazon, Anthony Stephen Malone, it, you, you'll find that very interesting. It's about obviously the war crimes, the women's rights in Afghanistan, the evacuation written in my own words. And I've got Afghan experts from all over the planet who have helped me put this together as well. Very informative book. If any journalists are watching this and oversee, this is a big exclusive for Chris about the SO-15 war crimes investigation. Contact me directly. I'm on all social media platforms, Instagram, Facebook, and LinkedIn. I'm not hard to find, but uh, anyone wants any any got any questions or wants to do any more stories about anything which I've spoken about during this interview, contact me directly. Thank you for everyone for taking the time to watch this. Chris, it's been emotional, or always is on your show, mate. It's <laughs> been an absolute pleasure, and congratulations on winning the Veterans Award Inspiration of the Year, because you are an inspiration.
0: Hey, how did you know that? I just happened to have that handy. <laughs> oh Oh, mate 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 i i i accepted that honor for 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 all of us all those veterans out there you know that that um do anything to support anybody you know there's a lot of people struggling in life you don't have to i mean you know you 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 have to go through this struggle folks but when you come out the other side you you realize there's a future for you and it's just bloody bloody brilliant you know and listen brother on the same note absolute legend mate thank you so so much for, for for um giving us this exclusive i i you know we massively appreciate that uh, I'll speak on behalf of all of our subscribers and our viewers and, and and our manager Luke um please look after yourself and on the same note if I struggle mate I'm going to reach out to you is that okay
1: perfectly okay mate your telephone's on 24 hours a day yeah. I
0: might call you at two in the morning is that right
1: all right I might I, I might not speak to you for a way. yeah no, I will Chris you can ring us anytime mate reach out yeah That's- that is what it's about, mate. That's yeah. what it's
0: about. And mate, if you call me at two in the morning, I give a shit. I I'm, I'm there for you, brother. You know that that I'm that's good, so good. you know. And stay on the line so I can thank you properly. But guys, wow, one an exclusive. Um, and we couldn't be here having this chat if it wasn't for you because you're bloody brilliant. It's that simple. You know, you've been so kind to me. All of you are yeah. We've, we've we've got a great channel here we've got a nice conversation going you know we're not one of these bitter angry always you know we don't want that and i i i, I just want to thank you um thank you all at home if you can if you can like and subscribe that helps us again and uh we'll chat to ann again soon and i and, and i gen genuinely hope that this that 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 we get a good result much love friends thank you for listening to the bought the t-shirt podcast please like subscribe and share and don't forget to follow me on social media username chris thrall instagram chris thrall thank you